0: Well, good morning, everyone. Oh, yes, awesome to hear that. Um, I'm just so blessed to be able to bring the message to us today. And I want to encourage you guys um, that the presence of God and the excitement that we have been feeling all through January has not gone unnoticed. It's not gone unnoticed in me. It's not gone unnoticed in the congregation. And most importantly, it's not gone unnoticed with God. His presence is here. And so I encourage you to keep persevering with that. Let me pray before we start. Heavenly Father, we, um, we're so grateful that we could be a church that seeks to grow, that seeks to love each other, and that seeks to uh, bless those outside of these walls, Lord. We just pray for this morning that whatever's stirring in on our hearts, that you will just be uh, comforting us, that you will be helping us to share the things that need to be shared, Uh, that you will be helping us to move past the things that need to be moved past, Lord. And I just pray that you will be speaking through me um, to uh, speak to these people here in whatever way, capacity or form that takes. Amen. Well, uh, like Lloyd said, we've been been looking at this idea of rethinking connection, and it's quite a big concept. We are a church that uh, connects, and we are people who ultimately need connection. We need to be in each other's... um, Space, you know, because we want that. But I'm not going to lie to you guys. When I was given the task to bring the message today, I I was stumped. I I didn't really know what to preach on. Paul brought us a beautiful image last week uh, with this um, with the idea and the passage of the adulterous woman and how Jesus would dive over her to protect her. He loves her so much that he would put himself in harm's way, and and that is love. And that is what connection is. Connection is love. But I was stumped. I thought, how am I, how am I to top that? That is a great passage. How am I to think? And so I just had to sit. I just had the Bible open and I just sat and I thought, what, what, is, what is connection? What is connection for me? When we think about connection today, we ultimately just kind of think, oh, connection is just one way relationship connection is the occasional text message to one another maybe a call once a week maybe once a month catch up for coffee a facetime here or there sharing something on facebook tagging someone on facebook we've d- dove down deep into a digital connection and that's that's what COVID has done That's what this sneaky virus has done. It has heightened the fact that we have never been more connectable. We have never been able to connect as much as we can. But it is draining us. It is a weight. And so I dove down deeper into what I long for with connection. What do I want? Because I needed this passage to speak to me so I could then bring it to you. And I'm not going to necessarily be talking about rethinking connection today. That's our main message, and I do want you to feel that, but I want us to zoom in a little bit deeper and remember what true connection is. Because before COVID, I think I'm bold enough to say that we started to get a little bit of tunnel vision. We started to forget what true connection really was. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 9 today. And I don't know how well you know uh, your Bibles, but um, we're going to have it up on the screen. And we're going to be jumping through a bit of verses here. But uh, open up to Matthew chapter 9. And while I was thinking about what does connection mean, this image in my mind of a dining room table of people, family, sitting in opposite one another, intimately eating, laughing, and being vulnerable with one another. Someone said to me once, I can't remember who it was, I can't remember when it was, but it has stuck with me because I'm a firm believer in it, that sharing a meal with someone is one of the most intimate things you can do as a human. One of. We won't go what the other one is, but one of. It's this way of being vulnerable, It's the way in which you meet someone new. That's what a date night is. That was the way in which, way back in the old days, you would say, hello there, I'd like to take you out to dinner. Oh, yes, I'd love to. I don't know if that's still the thing now, but. It's an intimate thing that we do. Because you see people's position, you see people and how they act, you see them stuffing their face, you see their true self, and I genuinely believe that. And so I thought about that image, and I dwelled on it, and I thought about the times that Jesus sat and ate. And then Matthew 9, verses 9 to 10 jumped out. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. In biblical times, we all know that tax collectors, they were hated. Why were they hated? Because they stole. They were pitiful people. They beat people. Yes, they had to... um, do the, their job and they had to listen to instructions from their leader but they had a bitter heart and they were greedy and they stole. No one wanted to be friends with these tax collectors. No one wanted anything to do with them. As soon as they would come down the road they would, people would shudder in fear because they were abusive. And here comes Jesus flipping the culture, flipping the standard of what connection is, what vulnerability is, what love is. And he comes up to this man who is the complete opposite to Jesus. And he says, I want to have dinner with you. I want to come into your home and I want to share a meal with you. And so they did that. And just just picture that for a minute. These two people, one of love and one of greed, sitting opposite one another and inviting more sinners like us into his presence. Because when you're at the dinner table, you're not necessarily focused about what's happening out there, outside the walls, the world. But they are focusing right there and then what's happening inside their hearts. Jesus is 100% focused on Matthew. And Matthew is captivated by Jesus. And that's what Jesus did. He would go from town to village to church to synagogues, to people's homes, being vulnerable, loving them, connecting with them. He would say one word and people would be like, oh, I love him. I love him. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But connection for us today and before COVID and the last 30 odd years has meant a different thing. And COVID has mutated connection for us. And when we think about connection, like I said, it's, it's FaceTime, it's the text messaging, it's the calls. It feels half-hearted. And I'm a culprit of that, 100%. I, I, I'm being honest here. I'm a culprit of that. I say, I would love to catch up with you, but something gets in the way and I text them. I don't call them. I don't do anything. I don't like the confrontation. And that's not true connection. That's not what we're built for. Jesus is the original source of connection. God is the true fact of what connection actually is. And we have fallen short of what it means to be unified together. And I just I love that image of Jesus wanting to sit with us and eat with us and be so vulnerable. But there is the elephant in the room. When was the last time you went to a church service? When was the last time you went out for lunch? When was the last time you watched the news? And COVID wasn't a big topic. When was the last time? The last 12 months has just been about COVID, virus, restrictions, masks, events being cancelled. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I've forgotten how to connect. And so I don't necessarily really want to think about how can we necessarily reconnect. I don't want to necessarily be looking at another restriction happening in the next few months and thinking, what are we going to do there? I want to go back to the original source of Jesus and how he connected with people because we still have the capability of doing that. Because even though our phones are a distraction, even though the virus is not our friend, to our hearts because we were like this before COVID. And I don't want to say any of this stuff as a rebuke. And if, if it's coming off that way, I do want to apologize. Maybe it is, it's the spirit working you, I'm not sure. But I wanted to say this as a wake up call and as an, an, an exciting opportunity for us. But when was the last time you woke up and the first thing you did was go on your phone? When was the last time you invited your neighbor over for a meal? When was the last time you just turned the TV off and just prayed for half an hour? When was the last time that you just went for a walk not knowing where you're going to go and you just met strangers? When was the last time that you met someone new and you invited them over for a coffee? When was the last time that you went to the bathroom and you didn't take your phone? And you were in there for an hour? Again, culprit culprit as because in all honesty our phones and technology and the things that give us life have turned us away from Jesus when COVID first hit phones were the perfect way in which ministry was led social media biggest thing for the youngsters I would know I am a youth and I work with youth but it's a distraction It's hard to maintain a good balance of what is real faith and what is online faith. And I remember teaching these uh, kids, term three, about social faith and how we can have a social media presence and that be our drive to bring the gospel. But it is hard because we have forgotten what connection is all about. We think that a simple message of, hey, how are you, I can see who's going to call me, and I can choose whether or not I want to talk to that person. I can see who's going to message me, and I can reply then, or I can put it aside and make them a second priority. We can do our best to connect with each other. And I love the fact that we have been diving in the past few weeks about rethinking connection, because we need it. For each other, for this church, and for our hearts. But I want, to, I want to take a step back and, and remember the origin of why we connect and what the purpose of connection is. We were built for connection. That's why God gave Adam Eve. That's why we have the option to go out for dinners. That's why we have a family. We're not meant to be alone. And we are never alone. But for the last little while, some of you, and myself included, have felt distant from each other and most importantly felt distant from God I want to feel again and I think I'm bold enough to say that I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of people here I want to feel again I want to feel life. I want to feel love. I want to feel unity. I want to feel joy. I want to feel happiness. I want to feel excitement. I don't want to wake up and feel as though another restriction has come. Another border has trapped me. Another tunnel vision has coming my way. I was on the phone last night to um, a couple of friends from England. And they are in absolute turmoil. They cannot leave their home. They cannot go and see their Their mum, who's in hospital. I have a friend who's in hospital right now, scared to death, and only one person can visit them. I feel as though a phone call won't do much, and I feel bad. But we need to remember the source of our connection. It's not us. It's not our strength alone, but it's God's. It's God who gives us the strength to persevere. You're here today. You chose to be here, and I'm thankful for that. God led you here. God has brought you here today so you can feel unified. You may not feel it, but he's brought you here to feel as though you are a part of a kingdom, a kingdom for God, a kingdom of glory and love. Now, I'm not saying ignore the rules of COVID. I'm not saying don't listen to what the government's saying. I'm not saying that because we do need to follow rules. We do need to follow instructions. But is there a way in which we can rethink our connection by going back to the beginning, by going back to how it all started? It's the simple act of just a meal, a simple act of just inviting someone into your home, And we we all still do that. I'm not saying that we don't, but it's getting harder and harder, isn't it? But what about God? What about his faithfulness and his love? Another story, sorry, another passage comes from John 4, the Samaritan woman. And here we see that Jesus is yet again associating with someone who is the complete opposite to them. jew And and Samaritans did not coincide. They did not like each other. And yet here we see Jesus again connecting with someone who we wouldn't necessarily connect with. Someone that we find a little bit, oh, I don't really want to be friends with them. He's going, no, I'm going straight over there because that person needs love. That person needs grace. That person needs a friend. And so that's what he's doing. From verse 7 of John 4. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food at that time. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. We all face doubt. We all face fear. We are faced with this Samaritan woman who is confused as to why the Son of God, everyone knew who Jesus was at that time. They didn't know he was the Son of God, but they knew that he was the Messiah. They knew he was popular. He was going from town to town, healing people, letting his name be known, letting God's name be known. He was doing things that no other human would ever do because he is the source of connection. He is the source of love. He is the true origin of why we live. And right now, this Samaritan woman is facing doubt. Of, doubt that they are worthy of Jesus' love. Because they've never had it. And right now, we've forgotten it. We've forgotten how to connect with God a bit. Because we can't sing. We can't look at each other's faces without having You can't understand me. It's getting harder and harder to connect, and we're just succumbing to it. Why? Because we're exhausted. Because we weren't built to be half-hearted people. We were built to be pioneers for Jesus. We were built to be in each other's lives. And right now we can't. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. I picture that being the Holy Spirit, me drinking it, feeling this rush of of life and energy and faithfulness. And Jesus is offering that to us daily because he wants to connect with us. He wants us. He wants to be with us. That's why he died on the cross for us. That's why he loved us so much. He sacrificed himself so that we, after our life here on earth is done, can live eternally with him. Where there is no more crying, no more shame, no more anger. How unbelievably beautiful is that? The act of love, the act of sacrifice, the act of true connection... Jesus was the the most influential man in history. The most. He influenced all of his disciples. He influenced Paul. Not this Paul, Paul the Apostle. But this Paul as well. He influences everyone daily. Everyone. Jesus went and visited different villages. He visited different people's homes. He visited people's hearts. He visited people on the streets. He goes out and he wants to love for our sake, for their sake, because we need it. We long for it. In the 12 disciples, Paul the Apostle and every single person. I don't know if, uh, raise your hand here. Who's here heard of the name Brother Andrew? A few people, yeah. Well, it was actually that book that, help me take the leap of faith to coming to this church. I was very comfortable at my old church, still a beautiful church, but it was, it was, it was, a, it was a medium mega church. The congregation was 1,200 people. Night church was 200, 300 people. I had my foot in every nook and cranny of serving, not because I felt this need to, but because I genuinely wanted to. And I'm not being boastful here, but I just wanted to see people come to know Jesus in all, in all areas. But I felt, I felt disconnected. I felt alone. And it wasn't their fault. It wasn't my fault. It was God saying, now is the time that I'm going to move you on. And I was reading the book by Brother Andrew. If you don't know the book, it's called God Smuggler. And it's a book I, I encourage you to go and read. I'll give you my copy. I'll buy you a copy. Seriously, I'll go and do that for you. But it's, a, it's based in the 1960s of uh, a man in Holland. And his faith just grew and grew and grew until he realized that people were being persecuted in different areas, in, in Kazakhstan, in China, in Bulgaria. And so he took his car and he smuggled Bibles in. He never lied. He never did it deviously. But every time that an authority or a policeman or someone who was going to get him in prison came, Jesus protected him because he had full assurance and full faith that Jesus would get him out of it. And then so many people came to faith. He is now, Brother Andrew is the CEO of Open Doors. And it was that book, it was that idea of genuine Connection with God, genuine leap of faith, love and guidance that led me here. And I'm so thankful to God because I've now broadened my horizon and my connections have grown. And that's what Jesus did. Went and visited people's homes. Went and visited different people's churches. We're not just Live Connection Church. We're not just Northlight Anglican. We're not just baptist church down the road we are one body with many parts we all have a part to play in the connection and growth of the kingdom of god and it starts with jesus it starts with him the act of opening up your homes for a complete stranger for someone that you went to school with for someone that you have lost touch with Today's message isn't, and I, hope, I really hope it hasn't disheartened you, but it's opened your eyes to remember connection, remember the true source of it, and rethink it. What does that mean for you? I don't know. For me, it means having a simple meal with my family. It means sitting down and just being in each other's presence. For you, it may be date night. Go out, treat yourself one night. Go to the, I don't know, what's a good restaurant? The pub. I don't know. I don't don't go to many restaurants. For you, it may be just spending some family time opening up a board game and just playing it. We are so grateful to still be able to connect in church. And we need to be praying for the people all around the world. London in lockdown. America with thousands and thousands of cases a day people who are isolated and alone who has no one so it may mean that you go out into the street and you just chat to someone invite them along to church we have the capability of making this place bigger we've got the outback room there we've got people watching online what do you need to sacrifice for yourself to make someone else feel connected and what are you going to do to regain connection with god if you want my number i'm happy to give it to you because i want to connect that's why we're a church but how good is it to know that we have 24 hours a day connection with god that even though we can't necessarily call someone at 3 a.m when we're feeling anxious and we're feeling nervous we can call upon god and he listens and he's there We just need to remember that He is there. We need to remember that He loves us. We need to remember that He has sacrificed His life for us. And I need to do that as well. I'm so thankful that you guys are here. I'm so thankful that you guys get to go out and be lights in this darkened world. Remember that we are a church that wants to connect. We want to hear the pain that you're going through. We want to pray for you. And there's going to be a lot of other ministries popping up. There's going to be men's ministries that we're going to be doing here. Youth ministry is booming. Kids is going to start up in the next couple of weeks. We need to pray to God and not, and not ask for, for restrictions to, to, to lift, even though that would be fantastic. But we need to let our hearts lift and let the borders in our own hearts fall down. And not feel afraid, but feel hopeful. Let me pray. Father, we open up our hearts to you now. We lift up our soul and we give you thanks. We've fallen short in so many areas. We've fallen short to love, we've fallen short to sacrifice we just pray that you just cleanse us of our sin, cleanse us of our guilt, cleanse us of our shame, cleanse us of our anger. Help us to put forth a new vision, to be pioneers of the faith, to persevere in struggles and to be joyful in the triumphing times. And every day is a triumphant moment because we get to remember That you are in our hearts, that you are calling us, that you have given us a task to go out and make disciples of all nations. We just pray for our own hearts and minds right now. We pray that you will just be renewing our spirit, you will be shaping us to work through and to build up our lives in this season so that when the next virus comes, When the next blockade comes, we will be ready, we will be prepared, and we will be faithful. And we pray for today, and we just bless your name. Amen.